my name is EJ. Good evening. Welcome to the Footy Fantasy Podcast. Um, today we're going to be talking about Arsenal and Manchester United. And um, before we jump in, I'm going to introduce our guest. I'm going to start with Itata. He is new to the show, Manchester United fan. Welcome. And then Thank you. I'll move on to Titi. Titi is a diehard Arsenal fan. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> she is the founder For life. She's the founder of the largest Arsenal community on Facebook and even in heaven. Yes. All right. And last but not least, we have Gucci. Gucci is a member of our Putty Fantasy crew. You've seen him on the podcast several times, and he's Woo! a Manchester United fan. Awesome. All right. So our um, first topic today is going to be about the Arsenal and Manchester United game yesterday. So we all know Arsenal and Manchester United, two of the most glory franchises in the EPL, going off like really long spells of not winning the EPL title. Arsenal is going on 17 years. United is going on eight years. And uh, the game yesterday was really a big one. Um, for the, for the books because um, it was looking like if um, United got a win, they were going to try to keep pace with City for at the top of the table. And if Arsenal had got a win, we were looking to climb up the table after a terrible run of games and also do the double over United. That would have been fun. But at the end of the day, we ended up with a draw. Um, people say it's a fair result. I don't know. We'll start with Itata, our guest. Since United was the guest team, the visiting team, share your thoughts with us about what you thought about the game and what you think that draw meant for the two clubs. Um, to be very honest, I got into the game pretty confident. Um, because the truth is, United, just based off of personnel, we have the better team, talent for talent. But... I'm going to concede Arsenal have the more tactical coach. So I did think about it and I was like, this game is going to be won from the bench. I, and I found out about something very crazy that United has not scored a single goal against Arsenal on that Teta. That's, that's crazy. It was a balanced game. It was a game where um, you could see both sides did not really want to lose. United probably went into it thinking they could win it. Um, unfortunately, Rashford decided to play the game in high heels. And um, it was a tough one. It was a good game. Not You can't measure it to the old school smash and grab blood and thunder, no. But it was a pretty good game. It was a balanced game. Both sides kind of tested their strength, but... I think if that game went on another 30 minutes, United still wouldn't have scored. It was one of those games. It was a good game. It was a good game. Okay. And I'll move on to TT. T, what do you think? What did you think? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I think United was actually very fortunate. Um, actually, I actually think United were the most disappointing team the reason why I say that is we were missing Saka, um, who is one of our top players. That's if we have to compare from a United perspective, that's probably missing like someone like Bruno Fernandes or maybe a Pogba or whoever the hell they have as a top player. So we were missing Saka. We were missing uh, Kieran Tierney. 
and I believe we're missing um, uh, Obama Young as well. So in terms of the quality of the game, um, Arsenal United were pretty dear in terms of uh, the finishing perspective. Um, but my perspective is United were pretty fortunate to have drawn that game um, simply because we were bang, bang, bang average team that we had lined up. Uh, I expected United to actually win. As a matter of fact, when I actually saw the, um, the lineup and we were missing those three players or two players, I expected United to win. And the fact that they were not able to take advantage of the, some of the opportunities that they have, I think a lot of the opportunities fell with uh, Cavani and they didn't take you know, that advantage. That was pretty disappointing. And we probably will talk more about the fact that because of that, I don't see United win, winning the top, um, the Premier League because they could not even take advantage of any of these average, average um, Arsenal teams. I think she has a, a United fan in the, the background. Yeah, like what the heck, dude? <laughs> I found that just terrible. Right, we'll move on. Good point, CT. We'll move on to what you think. Uh, to me? Yes. Yeah. Um, I would say I agree to some extent with the previous speakers. They've actually said most of what has to be said. I wouldn't say United were disappointing. I think both teams were disappointing. That's why. People say it was a good game. I'm like, mm, okay. It wasn't really good because the most important part of football is goals and chances. And there were not that many good, clean chances in that game. So how was it good? It was ah. it was a game where, like, to be honest, you know, like, we can talk about how many saves that each keeper made. There were a few misses, but, the you know, both defenses actually did, they were more they were better than the rest of the, the team. You couldn't say, oh, there was one, uh, uh, what's it called? Lacazette played well, but he wasn't better. Like, they didn't create too many chances. They went incisive. Arsenal, the same thing with Man United. Man United yeah. had so much possession, but they were dull with it. Um, yeah, Cavani missed what you would call an open goal. But yeah, that was the only real big, clean, clear chance, you would say, that was created. The best chance yeah. Arsenal had was that free kick from Lacazette. No, I actually think it was William, the William chance. No, oh, yeah, that the William chance thing. was actually yeah. a good chance. Yeah, that was also a good chance. But I think yeah. that uh, Lacazette chance was... That chance hit the bar. Yeah, that uh, hit the bar. Like, if he had gone in, he was on target, it was a goal. Nothing was stopping that. So I, I think both teams disappointed me, to be honest. Because Correct. Um, at the end of the day, it's still a Premier League game. And I expect two teams to come out who need points to come out and try and win a football game. Correct. That Correct. is where I can't say United were the disappointing team. United needed points because they were chasing um, City. But Arsenal needed points because Arsenal were, you know, Arsenal had been suffering for a long time and they were also in form. And this was a home game. So um, that's my take on it. Uh, I enjoyed the game because, you know, of the emotional attachment. But in terms of football, it was meh. That's just being honest. I mean, if I may, though, United is the United is second, right? They're the that's team right. that's challenging for the title. And if you have two players on the Arsenal team that are missing from a team, then it was up to United to take advantage of that. I want to believe that United, like it's from you fans, Itata and Bucci, you two should have felt 
probably yeah after yesterday's game that it felt like a loss, right? Because you should have gotten three points from that game, considering we were missing our two top players. And considering the second thing it was considering you two, um, United is also competing against City and Liverpool. We're not competing to win the Premier League from an awesome perspective. We're just trying to finish in maybe top six or top four. Oh. So that's why I feel United were actually underwhelming considering you faced a very under uh, average Arsenal team. See, I'll do a very Nigerian thing and I'll ask, answer your question with a question. <laughs> when last did United beat Arsenal? Ah, since Winger, since we left Winger. It's been, it's been years. So the idea that no matter, I mean, we've played Arsenal in different forms and kinds. Arsenal good, Arsenal bad, and we can't beat them. Arsenal has become a bogey team. It's almost like one of those games where it doesn't matter who's playing. It's Arsenal, my United, or Wolves. Like, they don't want to lose the game. And it's always it's become something of that sort. So, mm. I'll be honest, I didn't ever expect going into an Arsenal game being 100% confident because it's mm. been like that with Arsenal for years. Arsenal, mm. my United has struggled to beat Arsenal. Yeah, Arsenal has done at least a win and a draw against yes. United for the last three or four years. Yeah. Um, with um, this game for me, and I shared my thoughts elsewhere, um, I thought we would win going into the weekend. Um, and then I saw the lineup and I saw that Saka was out, Oba was out. I knew Oba would be out, but Tierney and Saka, I thought they would start. So mm-hmm. when I saw that they weren't in the lineup and we're going to like field people like Cedric and um, Pepe, which, you know, that's a different discussion for us Arsenal fans. Um, we, I felt like, you know, it was going to be a more difficult game than I expected. Yeah. And um, you guys saw it was, I think it was pretty average. Um, by, say, by average, I mean it was pretty much shared as far as like, even possession was 56-46. Goals on target was three apiece. We had more mm-hmm. shots, 17. Y'all had 14. But I think... Like you said, the quality of the shots were not there. If you think about it, the saves that Leno had to make, Leno only had to make one real save. That was against Fred. Every other save was like minor. And then Rashford had a good chance. It didn't fall to him to shoot the ball because he didn't take that chance in the moment. But he had a good opportunity. I think that was a good chance. Um, Cavani had a good chance. For us, we had, you guys mentioned the Laka chance. You, um, TT, you mentioned Will, William, but he didn't really, it was a team shot in the end. And yeah. then we had yeah. two times where Pepe missed by an inch of the goal. So I think sometimes those shots on targets, they don't show the true, they don't reflect the game properly. Because if you just shoot a ball at the goalkeeper and he catches it, that counts as a shot on target, but it's never going to trouble the goalkeeper. I think yeah. those near misses are That's more true. like indicative yeah. of what yeah. truly were the, the scary moments. So yeah. I think I was completely scared when I saw Cavani. I was like, oh my God, that's going to be a goal. It turned yeah. out it wasn't, yeah. going to, you know, those little um, misses were the, the scary parts. But like you guys said, um, United didn't do enough to win the game. I wasn't really, really afraid like I used to be. Uh, again, like Gucci said, it's because you guys have not beaten us. So I walked into the game knowing that Arsenal's probably not going to lose this game. But you guys did need to win more. Uh, we also needed to win. We need to, we need to keep climbing up the table. One point was yeah. not enough. We had, I'll be very honest. I was disappointed. Yeah. I'm not, I think it's fair for both teams to be disappointed because yeah. if we had won, if we had won it, we would have been where? 33 sharing the, um, the spot with Tottenham. Did Tottenham lose their game today? They win? I don't know. I think they're yeah. playing. Do you think they're still playing? Um, Oh, I have no idea. 
Will have been probably, yeah, probably. Yeah, will have been level with Chelsea, mm. um, Tottenham. You know, we had we had things to play for. We're trying to climb the table, but I think we have time. Tottenham lost. They lost to Brighton. They lost to Brighton. Whoa, are you yeah. serious? So they lost. All of us are in 33 right now. So yeah. we have things to play for, you know? Wow. Wow. What a good weekend. Wow. 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 This is turning out. Look, that's the other funny thing about this is um the idea of a title race. Uh, I think uh, sometimes, you know, like, if you, I mean, all of us here have played in one sport or the other. And sometimes, you know, like, you can hear somebody coming behind you. And you know what's coming behind you. And just hearing that sound behind you makes you go, mm, okay, I'll just, whatever happens here, I know I'm going to lose. And what I'm saying is, there's a steam train coming. I got full speed, full momentum. Nobody's stopping that. And that is city. It's, yes. it's been going on for months. Yes. And so that idea that uh, let United... Me, let me do this. It seems mm-hmm. like we're done with the United game. We need to play. <laughs> So yes. we all agree that it was a fair result, but we're all disappointed. I, I, I would just chip in. Yeah. Um, the idea that Saka and Tierney and Aubameyang were not part of the team, I understand they're crucial. But when United are playing Arsenal, we really are not looking at the personnel. There is so much more at stake than the 11 players. Known or not known, these players play this game with a different mentality. There is pride at stake. So I do understand they're talented and all that, but I guarantee you, if the U18s were playing, there is something about this game. You just play it differently. So that's how I look at it. If, if, if Arsenal lined up the women's team to play against the men's team, I, I'm, I'm not trying to be sexist here, but I'm just saying it doesn't even matter. If, if they're retired players versus our current players, there is usually something about this game. It has a different element to it. So I, I wouldn't use it as an excuse. I still think it should have been a better game than what we saw. That's that's just my point. I mean, it's a fair point because when I have to think about when that Ferguson, uh, I think he had like eight defenders against Arsenal and he ended up being 8-2. 8-2, yeah. You know, in as much as I don't want to remember that crap, but I get your point that at this point, personnel doesn't matter. And it's really about, it's Arsenal United and you have to be committed. Yeah. All yeah. in all, to be honest, it was a fair point because both teams did have opportunity as much as the quality was lacking. Both teams just had opportunities and it to be honest, it was a fair point, but I would have expected more for United, though, considering they're the ones fighting for the title. I think I would chip it. I would say we did enough to win the game, but at certain moments, you talk about, like our coach usually talks about margins. I hate, I hate that word, by the way. Talk about margins. If Rashford buries his chance, or Cavani buries his chance, or Fred, if the, the Fred chance, uh, he did what he, he it was intended. Leno pretty much it was a fingertip it was going in yeah it was yeah. going in so just yeah just a, a few things would have changed that game completely right and if Lacazette like, scored that free kick because the hair was rooted yes yeah, yeah. You're, you're you're saying you would have swung talk about margins but you're talking about margins right now that's what you're doing <laughs> no 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 what, what i'm saying so is is 
the, the, if those chances fall to say Obamayang or Aguero, we are not talking about margins. These are guys who would Aguero score. Right they now, score not, like not this. Aubameyang. Aguero, not Obamayang right now, but you know. No, no, I'm just saying the quality, the quality of these players over the body of work playing football over their yeah. careers. There's, there's certain things you just know. Yeah. They're going to come well, clutch. That's the, that's the thing. The chance fell, a chance fell to Cavani, for example. What was the coach? Who else would you want the chance to fall to among all my United strikers but Cavani? And he missed an open net. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but to, but, but to be to be very honest, he did. If you if you watch that play, the ball comes this way. He's opening his body. What I don't understand is why the ball still <laughs> went to that direction. He did what he could do. He did open his body. If you watch the replay, he opened his body. And it was supposed to go think, this way, but it went this I way. I think the ball hit him. He didn't hit the ball. The ball hit him. He moved his foot, yeah. but it hit him. And it hit, you know, but, you know, that's just... It's football. Man, look, like our uh, coach would say, that is... We could talk about this from now till... Yeah, tomorrow. that's true. Yeah. Okay, we're going to move on. Move on to the next topic, um, um, which he kind of started it a little bit. Uh, we're going to talk about the title race. Um, top four... We've seen these musical chairs go back and forth. People have like settled, like we've seen like, at least five lead changes since the beginning of the league, um, beginning of the season. So what do you guys think? What's, what is clear now that wasn't clear before in week 21? Which let's start with you. I think uh, what's clear is that um, there's a, a good team in the league that is, you know, the pace setter, and they found their form, they found who they are, and that's City. And so the rest are trying to catch up with them, but that's not going to happen. I don't think they will, unless, you know, they get another crisis, maybe another COVID crisis or injury crisis. But apart from that, I see City getting that. I think the top four is set. I think Leicester, Liverpool, and United, the only thing that's going to happen is they're going to just keep switching positions from now until the end of the season. I don't think any other team is breaking into the top four. And I say this because those four teams, if you look at them, they're good enough to not lose games. They're not going to lose a, a lot of games from now until the end of the season. So for that reason, only a few teams actually can really beat Liverpool. Basically, what I'm trying to say, to cut a long story short, is those teams have to beat themselves unless they're playing City from now until the end of the season. And it doesn't look like they will. And so I think that's top four for me. They're set. It's just what position they'll be. Okay, I do want to point out today that Leicester did lose to Leeds. And I am a big Leicester hater. I think they will always fall at some point in the season. Um, I think there's yeah. a chance that they sure. should finish top four. Any okay. of these clubs, for sure, they'll finish top four. Yeah. I'll move, move to TT. T, what do you think? You know what, as at yesterday, I was thinking Manchester, Manchester City has this, like they're winning the Premier League. Then I saw Salah's goal today. Oh, you know what, as long as they have a player in the caliber of Salah, I think it's still very difficult to ascertain who's going to win the link because it's still very small margins. So for me, top two is between Manchester City and Liverpool. That one is finite. Forget, forget United or what the heck United is trying to do. 
United is probably going to finish between third or fourth. So it's to me it's between City and Liverpool for one and two. United and Leicester for third and fourth. And then we'll have Chelsea and Arsenal. And uh, we're going to have Tottenham after Arsenal is how I see it. Um, because for me, I think every team similar to what Arsenal have gone through is going to go through a patch. Liverpool have gone through that and they are, it seems like they are, uh, they're coming up. City still has to go through that, which is, the, which, which is why I'm thinking it's still very difficult to really ascertain who's going to come first or second. So it's between those two for sure. Either Liverpool um, managed to hold that title or, or, or City get it back. So it's between those two. But third and fourth is definitely between um, uh, Leicester and United. But Arsenal is definitely not coming, uh, is not finishing in any of the top four for sure. Arsenal, for me, would be finishing um, in sixth or seventh um, position. So I do know for me, it's City. If I have to rank it, it's perhaps City, Liverpool, United, um, Leicester. Then you have Chelsea because they do have a different, a new manager, which always has that um, um, push. Then you do have Arsenal and then you have Tottenham coming um, coming in into that sixth position is how I would um, definitely see as for my top six for sure. Okay. All right, Itata, what are your thoughts? Top four? Well, for top four, I think I think City and Liverpool are a certainty just because they've done something consistently for maybe four years now. So whatever they're doing is not by mistake. They've been able to create a system and create a formula for success that has sustained. So they are going to be there. They're going to be in the top four, certainly. Leicester, people think Leicester, Hoff and Puff. They have a very good coach. They're doing big things. I know you don't, you don't like Leicester, but mm -hmm. they're not there by mistake. I suspect Le Leicester is the only other team that may likely solidify the place mm -hmm. in the top four. Mm -hmm. Now, this season is very strange. You know, there, there was a time I would pull up the, the table and Arsenal wasn't even visible. I would have to stress my thumb to find where Arsenal is. And all of a sudden, Arsenal, to be honest, all of a sudden, they're, they're, they're very visible now in the conversation. You know, it's a season where you, you stream four or five consecutive wins here all of a sudden you're very relevant. So I really, I can, I can say for two teams, Liverpool and City, just because of who they are, they're two different monsters. Mm -hmm. Leicester, I suspect Leicester would be there at the end of it. And that is a very dangerous prospect. United are very unpredictable, very inconsistent, you know. And of course, Chelsea, I don't know what Chelsea's problem really is. They're, they're stuck, but they're confused. It's like it's like having a plate of soup with so many different kinds of meat in it. You don't know which one to pick and choose. <laughs> it's like that. that about right. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a tricky season. And actually, it's a season where if you get your act together, you can be crowned champions, even if it is Villa. That's how I see it. I, I, even I think, if... Um... Sorry, I think there's yeah. a gap opening up, though. 
that's the thing that this, I, I, I want us to mind the gap where no matter how much you run, unless you hold every other thing, you're not overtaking them because there's, they've opened up a seven, eight point gap. You know, it's the EPL and it's football, which is no, you know, what I'm saying is the Premier know, League and it's football. I'm not saying one yeah. team, I'm saying they. You know, when you're chasing one team, seven points on one team is different from seven points on three teams. Three teams won't just collapse at the same time. And some of these teams we still haven't had a collapse. I've had this is struggled beginning of this season. We had that COVID crisis, they had all of that. You know, that's why one of the reasons why, no matter how good their form is, they haven't gone 15 points clear. Um, you know, so it's it's been an inconsistent season, but points are opening up. Like, for example, um, Leicester are 39, the, the others are on 33. You know what I'm saying? City is on 40, 44, 41, something of that sort. So there's a gap opening up that it's hard for other teams to start catching up unless, you know what I'm trying to say? Something. But, but, what, but what I'm saying is you can't absolutely put a bet on City or Liverpool or United or any other team not having a patch, like TT said. In this right. season, this season is very possible. Yeah. But just based off of current form and, and football, I don't see any team beating City. They are playing on a different level now. Hmm. It is, it's, it's dangerous. They're, they're, like you said, it will resist. The train, they're coming. They are really coming. And and yeah, they, they used to have a, an issue with their defense. They, it seems they've sorted that, and that's. <laughs> I was gonna point that with the defense yeah. with City, we're used to see them score their way through problems, and now they're just defending their way out of situations. So yeah, yeah. and they it's, say defense wins championships. That's what we're gonna see. That's yeah. how Liverpool yeah. was last year. Their defense was yeah. solid this year. A little bit shaky in the back. That's why I I also pick City as the the favorites ahead of Liverpool, just because. Um, our, one of our other footy fantasy members keeps pointing out that they have not, um, you know, they, they don't have a good backup for Van Dyke that's been out. Yeah. They're using players like Henderson, uh, Fabinho is injured. They don't have center backs pretty much. They're playing with children and just trying to patch their way through the rest of the season. Um, so I don't know about Liverpool. Yeah, they, um, they don't even have any fit defenders at the yes. moment. They so don't. It's, we're it's seeing, a crisis. I, I say Liverpool, I, I say City first. I, I don't want to commit myself fully to City. Like Titi said, you can't do that with Liverpool so close. But if the season were, you know, if we're so close to the end of the season, I would definitely say City is a favorite to win, um, followed by Liverpool. Um, United, United being at the top of the table. Titi, how annoying was that? I was like, look, you guys are like the zebra on the tree. Yeah, yeah. And you're always going to fall. Even though I used to joke in the group and say that you guys had a chance, there was no chance. I mean, I no, you're not. No, you're not a finish in top four. They have yeah. a they good have enough team to finish yeah. in top four for sure. I mean, I mean, we're qualifying everything we'll say based on COVID, and of course, European football comes up next yes. month, and we don't know what's happening, yeah. and then we don't know what COVID is going to do. But if things continue the way they are. You know, I don't see much change in too. Yeah. But you know what? It takes just an injury. So you see how we're praising and elevating um, Diaz. City. Yeah. Imagine one like Stones Diaz. getting an injury or, or Diaz, Diaz, exactly, yeah. or Diaz getting an injury because that's how um, Liverpool capitulated as well because it yeah. took their defenders like getting injured. And, and we have about, I think from today, I think we have like 18 games more. Yeah. It can just take 
either one or two defenders getting this hamstring in- injury to just destabilize the whole team, right? So that's why it's so this season, it's very difficult to predict. So it's it's between Liverpool or City. That for sure I know. Um, United, Leicester, sorry, third and fourth. But I just know Liverpool and City do have good players, consistent players, or to at least get to that finish line. I don't think United is ready for that. They have an edge. Liverpool Mm -hmm. and City, they have an edge. I mean, Liverpool are suffering. The worst. Yeah. Look at how good they still are. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to move to the last one, which is another prediction game. This time, I think it's, we're going to talk about the outsiders. So we've kind Mm -hmm. of already kind of delved into our top six. Um, uh, Titi has mentioned that she thinks Arsenal may sneak into the top six. Um, I don't predict anything about Arsenal anymore. Um, We'll see what happens. But um, last year, we know what the top six were, right? We had um, traditional top six. Arsenal, Chelsea, United, City, Liverpool, and Tottenham. That's traditional. Last year, Arsenal didn't make it. Let's say Leicester replaced them. And then um, so far, we're seeing in the outside, we're seeing Chelsea in the outside of top six. We're seeing Tottenham, I think it's Tottenham maybe six right now. But these other teams, your Everton's, your West Ham's, Southampton, Villa, those four guys in particular. I want to throw in Leeds, but I don't really like Leeds because they win and lose like crazy people. So let's leave Leeds out. And we'll talk about those four outsiders. We'll call them the outsiders. What do you think? Is there any chance, the way Leicester has kind of snuck in and tried to usurp Arsenal in top six, is there any chance that any of these other teams will sneak in? And if you think there's a chance, what team has the best chance to do it? Titi, let's start with you this time. No chance at all. <laughs> the way I see, so City, Liverpool, one or two. Then it's United for third, Leicester for fourth. So if any other team outside of the regular that we're accustomed to, it's going to be Leicester that finishes fourth. I do put Chelsea at fifth. The reason I put Chelsea at fifth is they do have a new manager and that would always encourage this bounce that we always get uh, with new teams. So Chelsea is going to finish fifth. And between Arsenal and Tottenham, they're going to finish six or seven. I don't anticipate the likes of Aston Villa, West Ham, and Everton to come to destabilize the team that we were accustomed to. And the reason why is they're just not experienced. I think this last piece, and as much as we're saying this season, is um, very different. What I do know is uh, experience is going to matter uh, during the latter parts of this year where I see the likes of Aston Villa falling off, particularly when we get to 40 points. I see the likes of Everton falling off. I see the likes of, uh, those are the, I think, I think those are the top six right now. Um, so for me, it is going to be the usual that we are accustomed to where it is going to be Chelsea fifth, Arsenal sixth. So six is going to be between Arsenal and Tottenham. Um, I don't, like I said, in summary, I don't really anticipate the others coming up, frankly, because of, uh, from an experience perspective, and frankly, because I know that as, as we get to the thick of things, they will continue to drop off. Okay, so no chance for those teams, according no. to me. All right, Itata, what do you think? Um, I, I don't know. Chelsea, you have to understand a new coach coming in. It's almost like uh, starting from scratch. I have a question mark about 
Chelsea. I'm not entirely sure of Chelsea. Arsenal, the defense is is doing big things now. You guys are doing, even though the hope is like a dwarf trying to get something from the top of the skyscraper with no help, you know. <laughs> but but you know what? Arsenal, Arsenal have been doing something. That defense, I'm really impressed with that defense. Mm -hmm. And Gabriel is not even a part of it. Mm -hmm. Gabriel is not even a part of it. It's it's all coaching. I do suspect Villa, and I know Gucci is Gucci is gonna laugh because he knows I'm a huge a huge fan of Grealish. But I do suspect Villa because they are actually playing well. They are playing well. They're winning games not by mistake. Um, Leeds Leeds is not in the conversation. If I need to be entertained, I watch Leeds. You know, they they win nine eight. I'll take it. It's a game of football for a neutralist. I'll take it. But I suspect Villa. Um, it's difficult to say anything against Arsenal just based off of experience. Whether you like it or not, they're still a big team. You know, I might roost Arsenal here and there, but it's a, it's a big team. And mm -hmm. the coach actually tactically is very sound. Mm -hmm. So experience and the actual foot, I suspect Villa and Arsenal. Southampton play well, but it's it's not, they're not going to be able to see it all yeah. the way to the end. Right. So Villa and Arsenal for fifth and sixth for me. Interesting. Yeah, it's um it's a weird one because uh why I say it's weird is because uh, if you take out the the usual suspects there, Arsenal, um Chelsea, Tottenham. The other teams are in better form than them. But when you start trying to say the other teams are in better form, you realize oh, they just lost one game when you thought they were in good form. What I'm trying to say is like um, Southampton were good, but they've lost their last three games. Villa used to be good, but they've lost like three of their last five or something of that sort. Um, mm -hmm. West Ham have won, I think they won four of their last five games and they lost, just lost. So that, you know, just when you're about to say oh, they're good, they bring up the the question marks, but at the same time, the usual guys too are not really like sports were looking good and they've started losing again. Mm -hmm. Arsenal are winning again, but is it really Arsenal? Um, Chelsea, like you start to point it out, you know. So the only thing I'll say is that in all these teams, the only team I would bet on is is Aston Villa because they have courage. There's something I I noticed rewards small things in the Premier League is courage. It does. Especially teams that are well organized. Leeds have courage, but they're not organized. They have the very, they, you know, they just have crazy bravado. You know, that let's all rush into war and go and die. That's what Leeds are doing. But these guys, they're courageous, but they're planning what they're doing. And then they have uh, a great champion in Grealish. I mean, they are well organized. They're a well organized team, and I don't want to sleep on them. You know, you can sleep in the villa, but don't sleep on Aston Villa. That's just a simple thing. Yeah, the Thanks, thanks. But the rest of the teams, I would actually agree with what you guys say. The usual suspects will still be there. Their managers will turn up at the end of the day. I think it will still end up being Spurs or Chelsea. Maybe Villa will break in if one will, but maybe they won't have enough guys. So, so far, I'm only hearing the possibility of a Villa out of those four teams breaking in. 
I'm team, none of them are going to break in. I'm yeah, sure. I don't think Vela is going to break in. I think it's really going to be the usual. I think the only person that's probably going to break in is Leicester finishing in fourth, yeah. Chelsea in fifth, and Aston in sixth. I don't, I don't anticipate Vela is going to finish it, but we'll see. We'll see. Maybe, maybe it's getting time for us to start talking about the top seven. <laughs> what does top seven give you? Like, seven is like maybe Leicester should, we should start giving Leicester and Rogers a little bit more respect. <laughs> no, Leicester is definitely right. going to finish in yeah. four, top four. Where, where, sure. where did Leicester finish last season? Fifth. 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 Okay. Yeah. They mm-hmm. bottled it, right? Don't you remember? Yeah. We about yeah, they did. They, they, they did bottle it. Yeah, they, 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 but then, you know, a lot of teams are bottling it. They're just the, be- the best bottlers because um, <laughs> Chelsea bottled it. Chelsea were worse than Leicester, in my opinion. They really bottled it last season. And, um, you know, Sheffield United bottled it as well. I think all those big teams bottled it. Yeah. But um, I think it's just the same thing happening this season. Big teams are not performing. And Leicester is just heading into it. Yeah, we'll see. Okay, um, last question, last segment. Did any of us prepare our kudos for the week and the donkey for the week? Yes, yeah, yeah. My, mine is kudos though. Mine is kudos for sure. Right, let's hear it. Ah, oh, Salah, God. That goal. Oh, that control, the goal. So I was watching today's game. I've always over, I've always rated Salah and I've always thought, and I've always wondered why he's never been nominated for Ballon d'Or. And on comes today. They're under pressure. They have no money. I don't think money started today. I don't think Firmino started today. And you have this defender, uh, Alex, whatever his name is. I can't remember his name. He passes that ball to Shakiri. And Shakiri makes one outrageous pass to uh, Salah. And just that control. The first goal, first of all. The second goal, just showing up for Liverpool. These are games where you need your top players to show up. And Salah, to me, has been so consistent. Yes, he's had off games. But he's been so consistent with that. And those two goals against a very informed West Ham team. No. Salah for me. Kudos. Kudos of the week. All right. Anyone else with another kudos? Yeah, I do. Um, Grealish, best thing I saw this weekend. The volley he crossed for the first goal. It was a flip, a cross ball, and he hit it with his left leg one time, and this guy finished it. The finish matched the ball, but Ah. I think it was also, it was very hard. It was soft technique. It was really like, it's hard to know what I'm talking about. Hit that ball (laughs) one time. Compared to Salah's goal. (laughs) that's another kudos. I'm not, I didn't argue with Salah's. Uh, Salah's goal was wonderful. Mm. But that volley too was hard to... That volley I love, I love Green. He's an Arsenal player next, next season. You know, he knows where he's supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, Manda, was, Manda, the statue for house. <laughs> Greater Manchester. If we should relax. So. He's in London. Don't worry. <laughs> relax. So. Uh, we'll use money. We use money and cover that case because we know we can't battle London for culture. But we use <laughs> that money. Is that is true. <laughs> How about you, Tata? Anything? Uh, my thing about um, you know even being a United fan that Rashford, this idea of people getting on Twitter to you know just be inhumane to fellow human beings. It's not something that I really stand for. I think um, 
I think we, I don't know the FA or how it should be, but th this thing should be stamped out. Football is entertainment, but when you take it to that next level, it's unacceptable. So, you know, donkeys all around the world acting like idiots, you know, there is no space for them here. I agree. Yeah. I agree. That was, that was my donkey as well. Yeah. Um, like, um, Someone said, sent a message in a WhatsApp group that sums it up. He said, uh, Cavani missed a glorious chance and Rashford gets racially abused. How do you balance that? Hmm. It, it, it kind of tells that story where we, you hmm. know, as Black people can't tell it enough that it keeps, we get judged, we get held to different standards. Our failures are always, uh, you know, glorified and our success is minimized. Exactly. But at the end of the day, I I think we have to learn to live with this. And why I'm saying this is um that millions and billions of people who just wake up and you know have you know, I think most social media accounts are copies. They're not some people have 10, 20, 30. I I'm just saying that there are people that troll for a living. You block one account, they have another one. They're going to keep doing this. And I think players should, you know, for the life of me, I don't even know what some of them are doing on social media. I'm not trying to say they should minimize getting the best out of their lives, but I think a lot of them should just turn off comments because it's it's just something we all have to live with, you know, because um, players get the worst of it. But, you know, for example, two of you are ladies, you can't, if we start talking about what you get on social media, on your personal lives daily, you know, it's something that I don't know how we handle it because I don't want to blame the media companies or the FA. What's the FA supposed to do? Ban some guy living in his mother's basement in a Daho or something. What are they going to do about those kind of people? So, yeah. well, it's really, really annoying and very painful to see every day. Yeah. Absolutely agree with Tata and the Chi on, on Donkey for the week, that's for sure. Yeah. So many of them, and um, I'm pretty sure Rashford um, refused to share their comments. Pretty sure they were in his inbox. Um, so, you know, those weren't even public comments. Those are things that people sliding into his DMs and saying mm -hmm. all sorts of things. And we know they did the same thing to one of your defenders midweek. Um, the guy I like. Yeah. There is two of them. Yeah. There is Marshall and exactly. It's very racially um, charged and it's just inappropriate and just- They need it to raise James as well. Exactly. It's, it's, yeah, it's, very, it's, it's, yeah. it's very consistent. It's yeah. been consistent. very consistent. Yeah. You hear more and more of those and you wish that they would go away. So hopefully people just learn to be better humans. Um, I'll wrap up now, but I do want to give a little, little bit of kudos to Brighton for beating Tottenham, yay. But you know, it's good to always talk about them when we get the opportunity. If um, one thing we can all agree on, we can say, um, what's, what's, uh, we can't say what we all think about talking about, you know. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> that is fair. Uh, all right. Okay. Okay, that brings us to the end of the show. Thank you all for coming. Gucci, Titi, Itata. It was lovely having you guys on. Um, at the end of the pod, um, at the end of our video, you will see all the links to all our websites, our um, Facebook page, our YouTube page, Twitter page. Follow us on those accounts for more content. Thank you.
Okay.